0: Welcome to Ariane Talks. This is episode 10. If you've listened to this podcast before, you will absolutely know my guest, the person on the other side with me right now. It's Jazz. She's been in in many of the episodes previously. If you've never listened to this podcast before, and this is your first time, then Jazz, would you please introduce yourself to everyone that's watching or listening right now?
1: Absolutely. What's up, y'all? My name is Jasmine. Um, A lot of people knew me on TikTok as the spiritual Shoddy. I just kind of make content to help people learn how to get the cheat codes to playing this game of life. So, you know, at the end of the day, we are the creators of our own reality. Find the balance between the physical and the spiritual and you got the key. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be back. Me and Arian always really pull balance of him talking about groundedness and logic and me talking about the spiritual and we kind of come together and just give you this chef's kiss perspective so um welcome back but um let's get into this
0: that was actually a comment i don't know if you saw on my tiktok video when i posted one of uh you know like we do uh, a podcast and then we like do social media posts from the podcast someone actually said that they were like oh it's a chef's kiss and i was like yes it is absolutely
1: I, I actually did not see that but that's funny um
0: so this episode is a little bit unique because we are actually streaming live to uh tiktok right now as we are doing this um so if you have heard this before uh this structure is going to change a little bit because we're also going to take questions from TikTok Live. So if you are watching on TikTok Live, we are going to be having a chat in this podcast. This podcast is Ariane Talks, so you can find the information by clicking the link in my bio. But if you've also got a question, you can also ask that on TikTok Live and we will answer it as well. But today we thought we would start the conversation by talking about our own awakening journeys. And no doubt from there, we will be talking about what we've learned what we've kind of uh, become aware of and just the amount of times that we've probably banged our head against the wall because things haven't worked out and it never does it's never smooth it's never you know all rainbows and no yeah it's a it's a an awakening this is great it's never like that um so that's kind of the conversation would you like to kick off in terms of like well how do you how do you feel What part of your journey do you feel like is definitely something that you remember because of the journey itself in terms of how powerfully it can be or how hard it can be?
1: Okay. So this has actually randomly been a theme this entire week for me. So What I want to talk about with the spiritual journey is like Aryan said, how many people or I don't remember if you said this on camera or not, but I'm kind of like in my head, but how many people will look at a spiritual journey from the outside, glamorize the idea of it because they're kind of looking at it like, oh yeah, I want to be happy all the time. I want to manifest my desires. I want to have like, you know, everything at my fingertips. I want to feel powerful and in control. And they're going to ask you, so what, how did you learn all of that? How'd you get into your spiritual journey? I think something that people should realize is that most of the time, and I'm not saying that it has to be something like some super traumatic event. It can be, doesn't have to be. Most of the time, when you are getting into your spiritual awakening, there is something I like to call the catalyst. And that is the big tower moment in your life. And I'm referring to tarot when I say tower, but it's a big moment of, the destruction of everything that you knew to be so that you can see it for what you're supposed to become. And you can't become who you're really supposed to become when you're living in the midst of what you've always known. Because we are not taught that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. We're taught that we're humans with spirits. So you don't even know that everything you think to be your truth is actually just a mesh of everything that you've absorbed over the years trying to figure out how to human correctly without realizing to just follow your own inner guidance. So a lot of the times the catalyst that'll change your whole perspective and really bring you into the spiritual awakening process is pain. And I'm not saying that um, you can't, you know, start learning about topics of spirituality you know looking into astrology and shadow work and all of that you absolutely can but until you're having physical experiences you're really going to learn because something i i don't remember who says this quote but words don't teach feelings do and it's funny because knowing that words don't teach we sure try to use them too you can only really understand you know what let me let me phrase that you can understand a topic through words But you can only understand your truth through experience. You have to feel what you're supposed to be to really become it. You can't just think it. So for me, some of the catalyst moments in my awakening and really the one that changed um, my whole perception on reality was pain in a relationship. And not just a relationship, but a specific pattern that had been causing pain repetitively throughout my life and when I finally and I love to say this for people when I finally made a fool of myself in front of a group of people that actually kind of knew me pretty well I finally realized a I never wanted to feel like that again and b I am the problem I am the reason that I keep experiencing this over and over and over again. And I kept pointing fingers. It's her, it's this person, it's because she did this, it's because that's how I was raised. And yeah, you're right, your outside experiences reflect how you see your inner truth, but that doesn't make other people responsible for the outcome of your life. They are triggers. You feeling that way and continuing to use the same solution to the same problem when it's not working is the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a change until you start to accept that you are responsible for how your reality turns out. And sometimes that can look like being delusional because you have to have faith. That something can change until you start to accept that you are responsible for making that change nobody's coming to save you you're not going to see a change in your life and sometimes you got to be really embarrassed ashamed or hurt for that change to come about and for me short story i um i have been repeating a pattern out of a mother wound my entire life i have been looking for someone to love me i i learned this term called limerence and i had always been looking for that word my entire life to describe what i was going through cuz i didn't know any of my friends who did this with other pe- uh, yeah with other people i only knew i was doing it so from a very young age i never quite felt like my mom understood me. And I I had a single mom, like my dad wasn't really around. So it was just me and her. And when you have parents that have very severely unhealed trauma and they have a narcissistic wound and they are having children because they want the child to unconditionally love them and they see you as an extension of them, they do not see you as an individual. So you do not learn to individuate from the parent. So for me, I was my mom's source of life i was who she went to with every complaint every problem and she used emotional manipulation to gain validation from me at a from a very young age so i started to learn that the only way to be safe was to people please the only way to receive love was to be of service to others to be constantly making somebody else's life better and That is what I went searching for from the age of three years old. So I started forming these obsessions and attachments to usually authority figures and also, you know, just the people I was romantically interested in. I would form these obsessions and attachments to them. And it was based off of the uncertainty that this person wanted to be with me and desired me back because I've never felt real love because my mother didn't see me as my own person. She didn't see me as an individual. So she could only love through me what I could make her feel. She could never really see me. So she could not love me. So I didn't feel like I was a real person. I didn't feel like an individual. So because of that, I had never felt real love. So I went looking for that in women, in um, you know, whoever romantically that I was interested in. And that pattern of obsession would not only freak people out, scare people away, but also it would keep me from ever really experiencing a wholeness or a true love because I was deeply afraid that if somebody were to desire me back, that I would have to actually start to learn how to love because I would have that abandonment wound that it would just be taken from me I would have that fear that it wouldn't really last because I'd never felt it before so I was obsessed with this idea of getting somebody to choose me and even when they were giving me breadcrumbs sure they'd flirt they definitely do things that made me feel like they were interested um especially as I got older um but it was an obsession over breadcrumbs. It was an obsession over if this person can see me, if this person acknowledges my traits, if this person can, you know, compliment me, I might be real. I might be valid. I might have an existence. And I took that and I went and embarrassed myself my whole life, just creating these dramatic stories based off of my imagination of what me and this person were going to be. And a lot of my friends knew me as delusional. And then when I finally got to a group of coworkers that I had knew in high school, and this was like seven years after high school, there were too many people who knew me. And I did it again. And I did it with a member of authority. And so not only did I kind of like realize I couldn't work there anymore. So that was embarrassing because I was making a lot of good money at that job. I also realized that everyone who watched me grow up and already thought I was crazy just got themselves a little doll and pony show because I absolutely told the entire restaurant that things were going on that were not because I thought they were, I thought they were true in my head. And that embarrassment, that level of awareness that I have been feeding on breadcrumbs for my entire life broke me into realizing I hate myself. And when I realized that, I knew the only thing I could do was change. Because it
0: was me who was the problem. That's that's the huge moment. That's the big moment. That's the change moment. And it's you. You said something there which is really, really like resonates so much. Is uh, you were just going after the breadcrumbs, and this is unfortunately something that like we do, and it's something that a lot of people have a lot of shame on themselves and they look at their own behaviors how how they've been and there is this just shame and disappointment in themselves and everything but it's exactly what that is you know um connection for a human being is more vital than food and water for our survival it really really truly is and a way of kind of seeing that is whenever you the reason it's more important you can tell is whenever you end a relationship or when you go through a really bad breakup you don't want to eat because that connection is actually more important there have been studies about connection between human beings you know we're relationally dependent species we're social creatures we're a herd species if you live in a world if you've been born into a social circle which is your family unit and everyone in your life everyone around you cannot be there for you in an emotionally healthy way because they don't even know how to be there for themselves or each other in an emotionally healthy way you end up you're kind of like born into a shark tank where it's like everyone's out for themselves because no one's ever like you know society haven't learned this we have not learned how to emotionally be there for each other in emotionally healthy way so you get into this place where you are starved of this thing that you need which is connection and true connection to find safety and vulnerability. And that connection that we rely on for our survival. If you were to say, okay, well connection, we rely on for our survival, food and water, we rely on for survival. What happens to a human being when they don't have access to food and water? You know, you've got a lot of people that are homeless that will literally eat out of a bin. They're going for breadcrumbs to get the thing that they rely on for their survival. When we don't have that connection, we feel annihilation. We have evolved to need that connection in order to stay together to ensure our survival. So if we're not together, emotionally connected, we actually feel annihilation. Feeling annihilation is your abandonment wound. It sucks. It's fucking terrible. And it's that extreme in order for you to stay with your herd. So when I don't have it, I'm feeling terrible. So I'm going to try and get the tiniest bit that I can, that breadcrumb that I can. And I've learned that I can only get that breadcrumb if I'm a certain way. If I'm a really good boy or a really good girl and I behave the way that I'm expected to behave and I please them, you know, and now I have these patterns of pleasing people. It's like, ah, oh, oh, that person's a people pleaser. And there's a lot of shame on the people pleaser as well. It's like, oh, you're a people pleaser? It's like, yeah, that's a fucking wound. I've had yeah. to learn to please people so I don't feel annihilation. So I can eventually get to a place where I feel the thing that I rely on for my survival. And that's just how we work. But then you get to a place where you are... Uh, essentially being shamed for things and this is why i keep saying we live in the emotional dark ages because if society if humans collectively understood this we wouldn't shame people for being people pleasers we wouldn't shame people for being in their pain one of my, (laughs) my biggest most popular video is too needy doesn't exist we wouldn't call people too needy because it truly does not exist there we are creatures of needs and when we have our needs met whether by ourselves or someone else that will dictate the way that we behave so there is no too needy it's like no that's the correct level of need it's just that unmet um well that was a powerful start Uh, i think one thing i do want to point out is we are on tiktok live jazz i know you can't see the comments because we're on my tiktok lives but they've been firing off. <laughs> and oh, I don't, shit. I, hell yeah. I, yeah, I don't want to like lose them. So anyone that's listening to this, uh, maybe not on the video and everything as well. Uh, so I'm just going to read from the top. Uh, there's a lot of nice stuff said and a lot of people resonating with what you were talking about as well. Someone saying, I follow you both. Amazing. Hi, how are you doing? Um, yeah, uh, someone's it's asking... Amazing. Someone's asking, who is this person speaking? Incredible insight. That is about you, Jazz. Do you want to just, uh, for the people on TikTok Live now, just tell them what your handle is so they can follow you? Because the way we're doing a live is not through TikTok. It's through a different service because this is my podcast. So what is your handle uh, just for people to be able to find you?
1: Yeah, so my handle on TikTok is actually just my whole name. It's Jasmine Cheyenne Rose.
0: Nice. Okay. Um so i've uh, only been listening for three minutes it resonates so deep amazing there's more shame on people who aren't people pleasers there's yeah there's i mean there's shame all over the world in terms of how mental health emotional health how we are as emotional beings how it's all seen anyway it it truly is there's honestly like one of the things that is a, a huge frustration for me doing this work you get to a place where i i I remember I, i got to a place where i just i just saw it i was like oh that's what it is and it's like well what is it the it is how we work this is why these pains exist and all of these pains can be you know based on shame it can be based on fear it can be based on anger it can be based on despair like whatever it is oh because of these experiences experiences like this oh, okay and there was this kind of like one moment of like oh humans work like this that's what's happening and i remember when i saw it i kind of just went no one sees this and i don't mean anyone in the world i mean like no one in my life sees this no one extended like a friend's friend doesn't see this this is not common knowledge this is what all the coaches are learning about this is what we're trying to get into the world like it's where we live in a time where it's really like in no way common knowledge like for example um wi-fi is pretty common knowledge the technology of wi-fi like we all understand it whenever we go to a friend's house we're like hey can I connect to your Wi-Fi? Like, yeah, cool. Here's the password. All right, cool. Uh, it's common knowledge. You go to the sixteen hundreds and you go, "Have you got Wi-Fi?" They're gonna be like, "What are you talking about? Like, what what is this witchcraft that you're talking about?" Wi-Fi. That's where we're. That's the time we're living with emotional uh, well-being and emotional health and learning in terms of how we work emotionally, how to be there for each other emotionally in a healthy way. Like we are yeah. so far away from it.
1: I appreciate that you call it the emotional dark ages. And I actually use that terminology with all of the clients that I work with. Um, so thank you, Arian, for that. But I would like to say like, that is such a keen observation because our society in general does not necessarily view mental health in the same capacity as we do physical health and i'm only speaking from an american perspective i can't speak for the whole world but as someone who lives in america we do have lots of sources for mental health but we are more money driven. So when you go to therapy, you're not going to learn healing skills. You're going to learn coping mechanisms because they want you to stay sick so they can continue to make money. But there are good therapists. There are people who don't care about that and that will help you learn those skills. But this is where you also learn that too easily do you find that people will see psychology or going to a therapist as Oh, so you're crazy, at least, again, speaking from an American perspective. So something is wrong with you. When in reality, everybody's walking around with the same amount of fucking, well, not the same amount, but lots of fucking baggage. And they all need to process through that. And whether you do that through therapy, through uh, through meditation, through medication, whatever you do that makes you feel a change from what you've been sitting in is sorry, Um, is conducive to you being able to fix yourself and live a life that you want, not a life that's being lived for you by your complacentness. And I also will see that too often we'll just associate that with if you're crazy, it, it easily goes into, oh, well, you know, if you're going to see a therapist or you're learning about psychology, you're just crazy. Like you just need to not worry about that and if it's the other way around then it's too spiritual and it's too um you know woo woo even though like you know scientists are studying this stuff but it because it's not something that you want to wrap your head around and I tell I tell it like this all the time and people are going to get mad but I don't care if somebody were to accept your perspective or let me let me backtrack Never take it personally when someone doesn't accept your perspective that you can control your own reality. Because the truth is, when you tell somebody that who has not had the opportunity to experience that type of miracle in their own life yet, they not only cannot accept it because they don't believe you but it would also challenge their entire reality because it would mean that if somebody who were as basic as them not some celebrity or someone who made it big just someone who met them in their hometown if someone that you knew that started with your same beginnings can change their life and they've got the same um you know uh what is it the same uh equipment as you do then It means that you're not actually trying enough because you are comfortable with being a victim to the circumstances. And we are not demonizing, um, you know, people victimizing themselves because I know it's not intentional. But the reason they get so upset is because they don't want to believe that they're accepting The life they're living for that they're settling they want to believe that the outside environment is causing them to live that life and not that they are staying complacent which is causing that
0: i i say uh when i speak to my friends or something i say you know sometimes i've got the hardest job in the world and they're like what do you mean i i'm like look it's not like it's not like uh, you know, hard as in, um, you know, I've got to run it up and down and I've got to keep going. But can you understand, like, and I know a lot of people have really, really challenging parts of their job and everything. Like, for example, a doctor telling someone's family that, you know, they've only got a certain amount to live. That's really hard. And I, mean, I get that. But sometimes it feels like I've got the hardest job in because I have to literally... Make someone understand that their entire reality isn't what they think it is. Can you, like, just, like, anything that happens in your reality can be hard and everything, but can you just, like, understand how difficult that might be to try and tell someone that your reality isn't what you think it is? Like, that is insane. Now, thankfully, I've gotten to the place where... I don't try and give that message to someone who doesn't want to hear. Like I, I, I used to on my, at the beginning of my journey when I was like, Oh, and I, and I, I had a lot of my worth in the job that I do because I still hadn't found my worth yet. And I realized I'm really good at this. And I was like, Oh, people are like really liking me because I'm good at this. So this is my worth and I'm going to really help. Like, you know, it it wasn't, it was, I was on my journey. I was still doing, and I realized that, and I, got to a place where i I, i've found my worth in so many ways but and it got me to a place of not needing to try and convince anyone but sometimes and i know if someone comes to me for help that's very very different they're very open-minded because you wouldn't go to someone for help if you weren't open-minded enough to do that but in interviews you know podcasts or anything like that if and i'm sure anything coming up anyone's like challenging you with what you're saying and you were saying "Oh, if you don't believe what i'm saying and it's if it's a challenge if someone's intentionally challenging you then it's like okay now i, I it's going to be the the most difficult thing to try and explain to someone because you're telling them that their reality every all the parts of them that collectively we, you know, the ego essentially is there to protect them. And the ego is the one that's convinced them and they don't know the multiple parts. And the ego is like, no, this is not true. This is unsafe. So we're going to like talk down and we're going to be like, no, this is bad. And this is, in, this is how we we've always stayed safe. We're going to do this. And it's like, why it convince me? It's like, <laughs> no. Ooh.
1: Really quick to chime in on what you're saying right now, there's a creator on TikTok, and before almost all of her videos where she states a controversial opinion, she will say, do not let your uh, your cognitive dissonance attempt to deactivate your critical thinking the moment you are triggered. Because exactly what Ariane just said, as soon as you experience a trigger your ego or your cognitive dissonance, the part of you that realizes you're doing something that doesn't really align with who you are but you're trying to justify it, that part of you is going to activate, to try and convince you not to critically think because it wants you to stay in a loop and do what has always felt safe. So you know your your ego's not trying to self-sabotage on purpose, But it thinks that it's saving you. But you need that critical thinking. This is why unwavering faith is really the fucking foundation of change. you got to believe something you can't see yet.
0: And that's why it's also hard to get to unwavering faith. You know, there's a lot of people that logically know that, but they can't get that. And it's like, why can't I get it? It's like, because you've learned to stay safe like this. It's okay. It's like, you don't need unwavering faith right now in this moment. You can work up to it and that's that's another thing as well in the spiritual community and on your journey it's like we hear these things these goals we need to reach and because we're not instantly at those goals we think we're doing i did this as well i was like oh my god i can't do this and i'm doing wrong and again the ego hates to be wrong but i tell you what right this is the thing that got me to really 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 um this thing got me to like be able to be on the journey in a much healthier way. And I wasn't beating myself up more. Self awareness is the key to anything in life, in reality, because you are in reality. You are reality. This is you. Everything's expanding out of you. Your internal world is your reality. Whether we're talking about the external world or not, your internal world is your reality. Let's say if you go to the shop and you talk to someone, you talk to the person behind the counter and you say something that you didn't really mean, but whether they take it that way or not, you then start catastrophizing in your head. Like, oh my God, I didn't mean to say that. Oh my God. And now they think that this then, and it's a shop that I regularly go to now. Oh my God, I can't go back to the shop. What if they think this? And You leave and they might not even know what happened. They might just be getting on with the other. But your internal reality, your experience of life is now in stress. Now you're catastrophizing and everything. So your internal reality is your reality, regardless of your external reality. It doesn't matter. Your internal reality is your reality. When you are operating in a way that is not at a level of self-awareness, if you're not going towards becoming and more aware and raising that awareness of the self, you're not able to progress from that. And the biggest thing that got me to a place of just being like, oh, okay. And I really, really like allowed myself to make so many more mistakes. And I understood more is that we are multiple parts. We are not one part every single living human being on this planet on planet earth has multiple personalities every single one of us we only call a multiple personality disorder when it's really really out of control and we see it in you know people very very obviously when you realize that you are multiple parts and that parts of you can have completely opposing views Parts of you can have completely different behaviors, completely different desires. It can get to the extreme levels where parts of you will have like we've even there's documented uh, for this parts of you have uh, like I think there was this one person that had multiple personality disorder, even though we all do. But to the degree that we labeled it that and one part of them had diabetes, other parts of them didn't. And the physiological changes in the body showed that as well when they became these parts. So there is that much difference when you recognize and realize that you are multiple parts, then you can start observing these parts. You can become the observer part of your consciousness and you can observe the thoughts that these parts are having and this is why again in the spiritual community there is so in the mainstream spiritual community there is so much advice that goes against your progression stops you from growing and one of them is like reject thoughts reject the negative thoughts it's like no like those negative thoughts are a part of you that are thinking that it's communication it's for you to be able to observe and go okay well why is this part of me saying this why is this part of me even having these thoughts and by understanding understanding which is basically what love is understanding love is not the feeling you feel Love is understanding. If I love someone, I go towards understanding them. If I want to love myself, I need to go towards understanding these parts of myself. By understanding why these parts of myself have these thoughts, I am raising my self awareness. I'm becoming more aware of the parts of myself in my being. And then I can be like, okay, well, why did one day I feel like this? And the next day I felt like this. Or not even one day. I can change parts like that within a moment. I can go to the part of me that truly feels like my mom didn't love me and I'll be like, you know what? My mom didn't love me like she really, really didn't. She showed that by her actions and the words and everything. And then I can instantly become another part and go, Oh no, no, but you know, she clothed me, she fed me and you know, so she did love me. That's the opposing part trying to keep me away from the other part. And that is communication. But if I think that I am just this one being, then I'm like, oh, that was weird. Maybe I shouldn't think that my mom didn't love me because that didn't feel good. So I'm just going to reject the thoughts whenever they come up that my mom didn't love me. And now I'm again, rejecting the part of myself, which I learned to do, which is what got me here in the first place. So recognizing that I am many, many different thoughts, that is huge. Um, before we carry on, Jazz. Sorry, there are so My many time. comments coming in.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so many time.
0: comments coming in. So I don't want to leave the TikTok live crowd alone. Uh, I want to make try and make sure that they're a part of this. Um, there's more shame on people who aren't people pleasers. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I I, I read that. Ariane, so glad to hear you. Thank you so much, Fiori. Um, I think I've got a lot of people talking to each other, which is good. What book do you recommend uh, to read about healing? Uh, For me, there is honestly, there is not one book for healing that will cover the spectrum of everything. Just like there's not one online course that will do it. It just doesn't exist. But the book that really, really helped me the most was Teal Swan's The Anatomy of Loneliness. That one was honestly phenomenal. So I would highly, recommend. what about I also you?
1: think it depends um, on how you learn better, because some people's words won't teach the way other people's will. So you kind of have to figure out what your brain flocks towards more, whether it's logic, whether it's spiritual. But one thing I will say that I found made the most sense out of this would probably be anything written by Abraham Hicks, but asking it is given is a really good example.
0: Yeah, I've got a few books of hers as well, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a comment saying this live is going weird. Yes, it is. And I love that it is. And honestly, <laughs> we're going to try and get a little bit weirder as well. See I hope so. how that goes. Uh, I, I wonder like,
1: if they meant technically weird, though. Like if it was glitching.
0: Ah, uh, I just made it worse. <laughs> I hope they didn't. I um, have oh, it's direct in a child work. Oh, OK uh that's good a lot of just a lot of positive feedback really um but we are not our thoughts right so this is really important and this is again the the understanding and this is where you're going to get your value in terms of understanding this no we are not our thoughts we are not our thoughts but if i just say we are not our thoughts then that just sounds like i need to reject these thoughts it's true that we are not our thoughts but that doesn't mean they don't carry value they they don't carry information they don't carry the information that you need no you're not your thoughts but you need to understand them your thoughts are in you for a reason there is a reason why you have thoughts that i don't and i have thoughts that you don't like other otherwise we should all have the exact same thoughts but my life experiences brought my thoughts into my head let's say your life experiences brought so they need to understand the why that they're there no i am not my thoughts but that doesn't mean my thoughts should just be ignored. And that doesn't also mean that I need to just stay in the pain that my thoughts would create. Because my thoughts are being used by my beliefs. And that's where my pain is actually coming from. It's not actually my thoughts. My beliefs are created through thoughts. A thought that's thought over and over again eventually comes a belief. My pain is actually rooted from my unconscious core beliefs. Which are being activated and shown to me through thoughts. So if I just ignore thoughts, won't be able to get to the belief, won't be able to get to that part of myself, won't be able to meet its needs, won't be able to heal. I'm still perpetually keeping myself in my suffering, essentially.
1: I also believe that you are like a good way to kind of look at what Ariam was saying is like you are the observer. So when we kind of I'm going to push it to the spiritual side just a little bit when you kind of think of your higher self rather than your human self they don't feel the same sense of good or bad mor- morally that you feel as a human so what I've noticed is that when I ask myself why instead of just trying to rampage on a thought like Aryan said the self-awareness behind why I'm doing something that I'm about to do gives me the clarity about if this thought is aligned with my higher self or if it's not because if you want to really understand who you are you are really an unbiased unconscious all-loving spirit and you don't see things the same way we would understand them on a human level so when you want to know if something is truly good or bad for you or is truly aligned with what you who you are inside which is your higher self your spirit your soul then you should ask yourself why you're going to do something but the way you'll know is anytime i ask myself why it's because i don't feel good about what i'm about to do if it doesn't come up as a hell yeah this is no doubt about it something i want to do something that's in my head as a good idea if there's even a slight bit of resistance to what i'm about to say or do i know I should ask myself why and almost 98% of the time the answer of self-awareness about why I'm going to do something like responding to a hate comment on social media the answer is never good enough for me to go through with the action because at the end of the day if I'm about to respond to this comment sometimes I'll do it but most of the time even if I say it's to educate the other person I am triggered that they do not share my perspective and are spreading this hate on my platform. And I feel the need to prove to them why I'm right. And that self-awareness comes up as not aligned with my higher self because I do not need to prove to others my truth because it's my truth. And my higher self doesn't feel the need to teach somebody who doesn't want to learn or just doesn't see things the way that I see them or just doesn't have the same truth as me. But my human self feels the need. And that's how I know it's not aligned. But that's also how I separate myself from the thought that I need to educate this person. Cause that's a thought. That's not who I am.
0: You said something that I really, really want to touch on. Um, You said good or bad. And honestly, the term good or bad, right or wrong is subjective. And it's really really dependent on the moment as well. So let me give you an example. Um, First of all, our teachings uh not all right what we've learned growing up in today's society the way that we're bringing children up good behavior reward bad behavior punishment our version of wrong or bad is extremely unsafe because whenever i did something bad i would be punished i would have that connection removed that would be annihilation whenever i did something wrong i would be punished i would have that connection removed That would be annihilation so the ego my self-concept which is essentially what the ego is hates bad or wrong loves good or right but it's extremely subjective it's like all right well let's talk about no you can do things that's good for your body um and you can be wrong factually yeah you can like you know I, i there's a pen here this pen is a pen it's not a giraffe it's right to say it's a pen it's wrong to say it's a giraffe but should i have made that decision that's subjective whether that's right or wrong so the factual stuff yes but it's like okay well what about you know making decisions for your health that's good it's like okay sure like let's talk about that well it's it's not good to just have morphine If I was just at home, that wouldn't be very good for my health. It wouldn't be good to have morphine. So having morphine is not good unless you fall out of a tree and break your legs. And then when the paramedics come and you're writhing around in pain, it's good to have morphine. It's like, right, so the situation actually changed whether that's good or bad. It's like, all right, well, you know, someone who's, smoking weed loads that's not good it's like yeah that you can say that's unhealthy but at the same time that you know smoking weed could be the thing that's actually keeping them from killing themselves because it's an addiction and comes from pain all addiction comes from pain so it can actually be good in that light if we're looking at it from that objective perspective you could actually argue that it's good because they're not dead and from having that crutch from having that essentially morphine in the moment that they fall out of a tree and break their legs, whatever that pain is that they're having weed. Yeah. You could be like, do you know what? It's actually good. You're able to, you found something that hasn't killed you. You found something that hasn't taken you to a place of ending your life because you're stuck in your pain. And this is the only thing that you found that gets you out of your pain. So is it good Is it bad? Is it right? Is it wrong? And it's like, we all have our own versions of right and wrong. What's right for me might not be right for you. What's wrong for me might not be wrong for you. Who's right? Who's wrong? Neither of us and both of us.
1: So this right here is that chef's kiss perspective that I was referring to in the beginning of the podcast because everything that Arian just said with logic is exactly what I was referring to when I was saying your higher self does not understand the same sense of morality that you do it doesn't see right and wrong or good and bad the way that you do it's a human concept to think that way and he kind of brought it more grounded with logic and explained what I was saying but it it is exactly that you you have to understand that what could be life ending for your journey could be the catalyst to somebody else's and realizing that your truth does not become any less valid when someone else's truth is the antithesis of yours is the key to understanding oneness with everyone because you can't really empathize with anyone else's life and find that way to separate yourself from their opinions of you until you realize that your truth is never going to be identical to somebody else's and that's okay it's meant to work like that
0: (laughs) everything is meant to work like the way it is and i love that you said that as well that's very very important um My eyes went to the next comment that I have to answer because it's very, very vital to answer this one. The question is, how to dissolve ego into nothingness? And I'm presuming there's two possibilities of maybe why this question has come up. Maybe you're asking how to dissolve ego into nothingness in a moment of meditation, where you're trying to connect even deeper. I mean, you're always connected anyway. If that's the case, the most powerful way that you can actually do that is to become the observer aspect of your consciousness. Uh, If you think of like consciousness as like two levels, let's say the, the bottom level are all your parts that the avatar has, and the upper level, even in the 3D realm I'm talking about in the 3D plane, is the observer. This is the caretaker of the part of you this is the part of you that is the one that's reparenting the other parts like this is how you reparent yourself so by becoming the observer and observing all thoughts and just continuously staying in that whilst reducing the senses that you have in terms of like you know put some headphones in this soft music put an eye mask on that is a very very powerful way now if you're talking about dissolving the ego in your every day this is exactly the opposite way that you want to go towards a lot of people the ego has such a bad rep and it's again one of the things in the mainstream spiritual community that i hear that i fucking despise because it's the exact opposite of the way that we need to go the ego is not your enemy The ego is not your enemy. The ego might have behaviors that might seem like self-sabotaging. There is no such thing as self-sabotage. When you realize that these parts of you collectively, the amalgamation, the parts of you that have learned how to keep you safe based on the experiences that you've had in your past, when you realize that at the core root of the behavior of all of these parts of you, are actually just trying to keep you safe. They may be unhealthy behaviors. There may be decisions that are completely like against what you want. But at the root of why these behaviors are there and why these decisions are being made are because this is how it's keeping you safe. An example of this would be sabotaging a relationship. Let's, I don't even like to use the word sabotage, but let's say sabotaging a relationship to the degree where it ends. That's because these parts of you have learned that love is unsafe, that getting close to someone is unsafe, that every time I've been close to someone, they've either left me, abandoned me, they've treated me terribly. It's completely unsafe, so I won't allow that to happen again. At the root of it, it, these parts are for you, not against you. And because of that, it's not actually a sabotage. It's actually your, like, they are for you. These decisions are to keep you safe doesn't mean it happens in a healthy way but those parts of you that do that your desire to want to stop them is completely okay your desire to want to be in a place where you're not making these decisions and the ego's not being the way it is and everything is completely okay there's nothing wrong with wanting that but by rejecting the ego or the parts of yourself that collectively we would call the ego is going in the exact opposite direction of where you actually want to get to. Where you want to get to is understanding them. Again, going back to what we said earlier about self-awareness by understanding them, by bringing them in with love, instead of pushing them away with hate and rejection. Rejection is what got you here in the first place, learning how to reject these parts of yourself in order to either conform to a standard, to be able to maintain that connection with the caregivers or the social circle that you're in, or the experience you had was too overwhelming, and you had to reject a part of yourself that was experiencing that and all these parts of ourselves are just places uh, in our subconscious somewhere we don't know and are not unaware of. so the way you get to a place of uh, is going towards these aspects of yourself that collectively form the ego understand.
1: I... I want to touch on this like seriously seriously touch on this. Um Aryan did an amazing job at explaining pretty much everything I'm about to say, but I have so many examples of ways that I've learned to understand that the ego is not your enemy and I feel like this made me help me put me at peace with having an ego. Your ego is literally the human part of you. If you didn't have an ego, you would have nothing to learn and no reason to be here. Your soul is constantly trying to learn evolution and growth. Therefore, you come to planet Earth. It is the fastest school that your soul can go to to learn. If you were not making mistakes, if you were not reacting to triggers, if you were not hurting other people, if you were not hurting yourself, you would not be human. You would simply know all. You already know all, but what's the fun in continuing to do what you already do in your non-physical existence down here on earth? The point was to come here to learn things at such an accelerated rate because of the density and physical manifestations of our desires, causing us to not only know what we do want, but know what we don't want. And I feel like I am channeling Abraham Hicks right now because of the way that I'm speaking, but uh, that contrast is what helps you know what you don't want. So you can deliberately create what you do want. And that's what she came here for. And when it comes to... Making peace with your ego, I want to say something, healing is not your purpose. You did not come here to learn how to correct everything that's wrong with you as fast as you can every single day. That makes no sense. You came here to have a beautiful experience, to taste, touch, smell, and feel things while you're learning, while you're going through seasons of pain, while you're changing and growing. You weren't here to learn that, oh... If you work on your ego and heal and do shadow work, you manifest money and you get rich and you can have fame and you can have this. Okay. Tell me about this shadow work. Because let me tell you something, when you're doing that, you are literally manifesting from a space of lack. And those two things do not align. You are telling yourself, I only want to heal myself because I have found out that it's a cheat code to how you get what you want. That's not real healing because you don't understand that in order to really have more in your life, you must first accept that you have enough even if you feel that you've got nothing you have to be grateful for where you're at you've got to bloom where you're planted even when you don't feel like you're where you want to be and the most beautiful way to align with your ego in a healthy way is to nurture the fact that your ego is not trying to harm you that is it thinks it's making decisions that help you and i made this post in the beginning of 2024 We're not making New Year's resolutions this year. We're going to ask ourselves loop or spiral. What we're doing every time we're met with a decision that we need to change, like let's say my resolution would normally be to lose weight. Okay? Right now I need to make a decision on what to eat. I can eat chicken wings. I can eat a salad. If I eat uh, chicken wings, I'm not a bad person. I'm literally just making a decision that I'm always making that has caused me to realize I'm not happy with how I look or feel inside my body. And nothing is changing. I'm just the same person I've been. Nothing is bad with this decision. I'm not a bad person. I'm not making the wrong choices. I just know I'm delaying getting to where I wanna be. So that's a loop because I'm going in a circle. I'm doing what I've been doing. But if I eat the salad, I am one step closer To becoming the version of me that I would like to be, which is somebody who feels lighter in their body, somebody who feeds myself nutrients, fruits, vegetables, somebody who is tuned and tapped and turned on to their body. You want to be a healthy person, make choices that a healthy person would make. But if you choose to loop, baby, you are not a bad person. You are just the same person you already were. That's okay. Take your time. Humans learn slow. But Know that your ego needs that nurturing sometimes. Eat those chicken wings every now and again. Because eating those chicken wings one time, they kept you safe when you didn't feel whole inside and food filled you up. It's okay. But don't loop every single time. Spiral at least 50%. Yeah,
0: that's powerful, by the way. That's beautifully said. And it's great that you said that. I'm sure that will resonate with a lot of people that are, listening to this right now um you said something that i want to touch upon and it's so so important um one of the regular things that my clients uh not any client that i have one of the things that always i come across is um we tend to kind of treat healing as like this to-do list And we go, right, right, I'm going to do healing in order to get this. And it's like, it's not working. Why is it? I can't connect. I can't feel. It's like, because those parts of you know everything about you. Those parts of you know all the thoughts you have. They know your intentions. They know everything about you because they are you. And the reason you're not able to connect and the reason that they're not coming forward Is because they know that you just want to heal Just to get to somewhere else When we say heal We're not actually Like healing What we're doing is we're going to these parts of ourselves To be there for them That's it The outcome of that is healing So if I go like, "All right, I'm going to heal this part and this part and this part and I've got like this kind of like checklist, these parts are going to be like, no, I'm not coming forward. Like, fuck no, because I know your intention. In fact, I learned this the really, really hard way. Um, It was a super cool, super cool experience, but I learned this the hard way. Uh, I was actually on shrooms and I go super deep when I am. And there was this uh, moment where i always the way i heal on shrooms is insane i'll do like i always say to people like do one aspect a day if you're going deep like don't because the effect it has on you when i do shrooms i'll do like i don't know like 40 to 60 in a in a, in a six hour window it's insane but i can handle it because of the state that i'm in um and this one that early in my journey this one aspect i went towards and i was like oh and i see the energy balls like when i'm in that state i see the energy balls of the trauma of these parts of myself and everything so i went towards it and i was like come on next one like come on let's go and then this part of me wouldn't come forward i was like hey what are you doing like come on let's let's, i get it yeah no come on and this part of me just kind of like turned into a hand and just went like that and flipped me off and gave me a middle finger. This entire energy ball looked like a hand and flipped me off, and I was like, "Yo, whoa, whoa!" And I thought I was being compassionate. I thought I was being nice, and I was like, "Why? What's what's with that? Like, I don't get it." And my, I say my higher self It was actually my grandmother through my higher self, um, because all our guides, everyone, every all your you know ancestors and everything come through your higher self she was she took me she was like come and my awareness was just gone and i went deeper in and it was shown to me as kind of like this cannon exploding and as this cannon exploded everything went into really super slow mo and it even stopped and i was taken in and out of this cannon and everything it was to signify like this is the pain look at the pain like pain 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 like this is why this and i was like oh Oh yeah, and it was actually a part of me that was thinking everyone's against... Well, not thinking, let me rephrase that. Part of me that experienced that everyone was against me. There was no one there sticking up for me, ever. No one stuck up for me. I was the scapegoat of the family as well. Everyone was against me, no matter any time I showed my pain, any time I did anything remotely that was not what others wanted it would be everyone against me. The scapegoat is the emotional trash can of the social circle, the family, everyone around them. That's why the, the problem child, you know? So I was understanding this. And the more that I understood this, the more that I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, you know what? Yeah. And this part of me was saying like, fuck off to the world. Like, fuck you all. And I was like, no, no, no. Originally I was like, no, no, no. no. Come on, come on. And then when I felt what this part of me was feeling, I understood. Like I understood what this part of me was saying, why this part of me was saying it. And I was invalidating the fuck out of it by going, no, no, I know, yeah, but it's okay. Come on, like, no, I, 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 I get it. Yeah. And I was invalid. That's how I was always treated. that's how I was treating myself again. So when I stopped that and I connected to this part of myself, it's kind of like I went I went from looking straight at each other to just being on the same side. And I stood next to this part of myself. And eventually I was like, yeah, you're right. Fuck you all. And I was like in it then. I was like, you are absolutely right. Like, fuck all of you. you fucking just all of you. You can just go, like, you know, go to hell. I don't give a shit. And that's when I learned. Like, oh, I'm, I was trying to convince this part of myself to feel better. I was trying to make this part of myself feel better. I was trying to convince this part of myself that you are good enough when this part of myself felt like he wasn't good enough. That is not how you get to these parts of yourself. They will not come forward. And to go back to what you said, if you're doing this because you've learned that manifesting will get you wealth and i'll get you this house and i'll get you this relationship and everything then if you're going from a place of lack it's because you want that to happen in order to fill something else for you something that's missing within you that void whatever it is if i have this then it means this about me if i get to this level then it means this about me What you're doing in that moment is you're ignoring the parts of yourself that need that in order to feel good enough. So you're looking towards getting the house, getting the money, getting the car, getting the relationship in order for you to feel like you're good enough instead of going to the parts of yourself that feel like you're not good enough. And when you continue
1: to tell yourself that your happiness is in the future, that's where it'll be, in the future.
0: Yeah, and you'll never get to it because the future doesn't exist. So you will never be able to get to a place that doesn't exist, but you'll never be able to... The reason why you can't manifest through lack is exactly that reason. It's because you're going towards something to fill something and that's never going to work these parts of you are never going to be like oh okay yeah that's cool these parts of you like don't don't care about houses they don't care about uh, they don't even care about the relationship you want they don't care about the wealth or anything they just want someone to be there and it's like and, and look i'm not saying you want everything you need you're not that's utter nonsense that's another thing in the spiritual community that's completely utter bullshit because we're relationally dependent species we're social creatures we're herd species even on your healing journey if you have people trauma you need people in order to heal that trauma because you need to experience the opposite so i'm not saying you are everything you need but oh my god you can meet so many more needs yourself than you have been and that is what will get you to a place of truly finding your worth truly feeling like you are good enough which then that will mirror back to you in a, your external world. And that's when all of the stuff that you want will come in because you honestly, you won't really even want it that much anymore. Not as much as I won't say, I'm not going that you don't want it, but you just won't want it as much.
1: Not a need anymore.
0: Yeah. And that's the difference. There is a difference between wanting something and needing something. If I need something I mean, every single decision a human being makes is based on and because of how it makes them feel. Every single decision. So if I want that or need that or something, it's because of how it's going to make me feel. That doesn't mean it's wrong. I'm not saying you shouldn't want things or anything, but use that as information to be like, all right, hang on. If I'm needing this thing because of how it's going to make me feel, then what am I feeling now that's undesirable? Like, that's the communication. Honestly, this entire reality, this is one thing that I really, really wish everyone in the world will understand. Because if you stick with this understanding for the rest of your life, your entire reality will change. Everything in reality is feedback. You are the conscious driver. You have this avatar that we call a human being. It's the human being you see when you look in the mirror. That is your vehicle that you are driving in this reality you are the consciousness the conscious driver everything in reality is a feedback when you talk to me it's a feedback this pen is a feedback the way it feels is a feedback i can learn more about this pen i can there's so much everything is information to the conscious driver including your human being your emotions is a feedback it's communication your thoughts is a feedback it's communication every single thing in reality the more you get curious about the communication in your reality the more you're able to uh, kind of go all right i need to go this way i need to do this i gotta do that everything your triggers are a feedback the sensation of anxiety is a feedback everything is just about learning what to do with all of that but if you can keep reminding yourself that everything in reality is a feedback in the moments where it's like really really undesirable to you that is a feedback why do i feel undesirable right now what is it i can do the exploration i can learn how to do the exploration by learning how i work and when i do that i can get to a place of knowing what to do in order to get to where i want to get to
1: that right there what you just said that's what makes life so delicious in general when you have a a taste for exploring the why you have a reason when you accept that life happens to you because this is just the way that things are you accept the life that you're being given based off of dominant thought vibrations that you have not added any critical thinking to in a long time. But when you allow yourself to, oh, I just got so lost. Oh, my God. No. But um, what, what were you saying?
0: <laughs> I was saying everything's a feedback. Um,
1: yeah. It was about asking the why. Damn. Damn. Okay, well,
0: when you ask the wine, do the exploration, you get to a place Oh, the,
1: the exploration. Yeah. Um, That like, you know, when they say it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. The exploration is the journey when you when you take a second to be like, okay, I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm channeling Abraham today, but I'm using an example here. So she made a video one time talking about how she wanted these lions and they were like lion statues for her house in Texas. And she was enjoying the slowness behind wanting these lions because she wanted them to be so perfect. They couldn't just be any lions. So as she's looking on, you know, all these different websites over the months, she's like, oh, this one's nice. She's got a Pinterest board going and she's like, yeah, that one's cool. That one's nice. But she's not attached to needing it now so she can be happy because she already is happy within Esther, the woman who portrays Abraham, is already fulfilled within. She's got self-love. These lions aren't going to make her feel more whole inside. They're just something she wants. So it's, it's a desire, but it's not a need. And so, you know, time goes on. They bring her these lions, and they're perfect because she waited months to find the perfect ones. And this guy who delivered these lions for her also happened to say that he had an elephant statue and just really talked her into getting it. She didn't really want it, though. And... Um, She said, you know, every time to this day that she passes the lions and they've been there for years, she feels this sense of joy, of um, nostalgia, of just like being so proud of those lions. But every time she looks at that fucking elephant, because they got it there within like a week, she just one, she doesn't like it anyway. She let someone else talk her into it. And two, she just doesn't feel like it really Means anything to her because she didn't take the time to form a relationship like she did with those lions. She had the the exploration was the journey. It was the relationship. It was the joy and not being attached to the outcome and when it was going to happen, but being in love with the journey every step of the way because it's kind of like ooh, I wonder what the perfect ones are going to look like. I know my higher self knows, but I don't quite know. These ones are cute. Those ones are nice, but I need them to look exactly like I want. Think of your vision like that for your life. You aren't trying to live success to success or you're not really measuring your life correctly because really you're saying that you're only valuable when you achieve something big. If you are living actually, this is going to sound stupid, but failure to failure, you're actually really really able to see progress in yourself because every time you make a decision and you're like oh damn wish i wouldn't have done that you have still grown so severely from the last time you made a poor decision and now you're seeing yourself growing it's contrast in life that really lets us know what we really want and getting instant gratification let me say it like this you will never have enough of something you do not need you will never have enough of something you do not need Because you never needed it to begin with So you're just going to keep chasing that high And it's never going to fill you Because you don't need it You need to deal with the problems that are emotionally talking to you That's what you need to feel better Also, not trying to cut anything off But I really got to go pee soon So like, let me know where we're at with time hey, uh,
0: No, that's fine We passed the time anyway We were aiming for an hour on an hour and eleven Shockingly, one one one. One eleven. that's 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 in everyone's reality that's on watching this right now by the way we've got uh, nearly 1500 people on right now so that's pretty cool Uh, i'm just gonna quickly go through the comments if there are questions guys we just simply don't have the time to answer loads i'll try and answer as quick as possible but some sometimes it's not quick hello from kenya hi (laughs) this hits are you in the mirror love both your content oh thank you so much thank you it's designed to bring awareness yeah sorry again these some of these questions i can't say a lot of just like well said this is great love a lot of love so guys thank you so much for everyone that's been watching this is something that we're going to be doing regularly few people have asked is this going to be um available elsewhere this is actually an episode uh, that we're doing for my podcast called arian talks this will be live on all platforms in the next couple of days if you want to be notified about it you can follow me on social media which i'm presuming you are doing by being on here i'll be announcing it on, on more on instagram and it will be um you can find the podcast by clicking the link in the bio other than that jazz thank you so much for being on the call again we also do both do episodes for jazz's channel on her podcast so definitely check that out i will be putting the links to jazz's channel and all of her social medias in the description of any of these episodes but again thank you so much guys and i think what we might do to make things easier next time is maybe give ourselves a little bit more time we can answer a few more questions because i've I really enjoyed this this was a kind of a test and i think it worked out really well and i'm guessing a lot of people enjoyed it we're still the numbers are still going up even though we're about to leave so <laughs> definitely do this again guys thank you very much jazz thank you so much and i will see everyone next time bye guys
1: bye guys